until I met Karina for the first time today, which is rare. Usually the podcast um, is, is done with people that I know, but uh, it was an amazing experience. And um, I knew Karina through our own fantastic producer, Gary. This is um, where he is currently working as a, a designer in uh, WAB and as I walked into this new way of making business in these hives of, of companies that it's striking how you can see this movement and this energy that is seldom found in uh, standard companies and um, you know when when I you first met Karina her eyes are piercing and she's super energetic and jumping around um, and and really transferring this amazing way of uh, energy and positivity and and this is I think what drove her to create such a unique uh, startup and passion, purpose and energy are the characteristics that Karina represents uh, fantastically. My name is Gianluca Cinque Palmi, you are listening to GLC Live, my podcast dedicated to business design. I'm an educator, design entrepreneur and design and best-selling author. In this show, I challenge designers, creatives and entrepreneurs to unravel the complexities between business and design. In this episode, purpose and the essential link between business and design. Ciao Karina. <laughs> Ciao Gianluca, <laughs> thanks for having me. So it's amazing to be here in WAB and can you tell us a little bit about WAB and what's a power connector? <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for coming and, and joining us. Um, so WHUB is um, really born um, around a profound uh, passion and purpose. And so I'm really thrilled that, you know, the main theme of this podcast is about talking about purpose and, and passion. And uh, so I'd love to start always with our belief where we say we do believe that innovation and economic growth is driven by um, small and agile companies, let's call them startup. And um, we set out really with this mission on helping startup grow and scale. And with that actually foster the entire innovation um, community, which we call ecosystem, startup ecosystem. And uh, we realized, you know, to scale your business, um, you need resources. And if we can provide means where resources um, and uh, connections to resources can be made faster, quicker, more impactful. That is the role of a power connector and community builder. All right. So what's the W in, in W? I know what's an AB. I don't know what's the W in, <laughs> in, in, in this AB. Exactly. Um, so a hub is obviously a connector, right? And we're thrilled and, and blessed to be here based out of Hong Kong, which already naturally is a hub. The W um, stands really for starting with why. So the W in, in why. Um, some people ask me, does W stand for world? Well, not yet, hopefully <laughs> soon, um, but really why. And um, we resonated a lot with the talk from Simon Sinek, who talks about the why, the golden circle, and that people get attractive on why you do certain things and not necessarily what you do or how you do it absolutely it's, it's a fantastic talk and um and, and your hashtag is also startup passion no? so you are a super passionate person you, you can tell by the smiles uh, you have when when you're talking about uh, your work which is rare to find sometimes 
Yes, absolutely. And I think that the hashtag of startup passion has um, both meanings and they really come directly from this this W starting with why. So one is, again, our own passion um, for startups and really wanting startups to scale big and help them. Um, the second one is the belief that the passion and the purpose is the most attractive asset any entrepreneur has to attract the resources they need. And that might be um, talent to join their company, that might be clients, that might be investors, that might be business partners. So on WHUB, um, we connect startups to all these resources and we really encourage the founder and the teams to talk about their passion, not only their product and services, mm. but really their crusade how they're going to change and improve the world. All right. So do you find that nowadays entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs, I would like to say, because not necessarily you need to be young, what drives them mostly? Is it tech? Is it money? Is it this find purpose? Yeah, for me, when I look at entrepreneurship and I um, describe entrepreneurship, I look at it in um, a very... Um, unique and truthful way where I say a, a true entrepreneur is somebody who really feels passionate with a certain problem and problem statement and wants to find a solution. I think in business, in any kind of businesses, large scale corporations, or even also in the startup world, you will always find people who may want to start certain things because they want to make money or they have maybe some more short term interest. But for me, when it comes back to defining true entrepreneurship, it's really that urge of people resonating with the problem statement that very often they relate personally to and they say oh my god somebody needs to do something about it and if it's not me you know there will be no solution to it so do you do you think that nowadays there there has been a change and you see that maybe younger generation are more sensitive about more social topic for example or more um, when we look about sustainability. Now, if we look what happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, also here in China, you see that it, it was just a march towards production, no matter what, no matter at the cost. And nowadays, even in mainland China, you have attention to sustainability, attention to change the way that they have been producing stuff. Is, is it, is it, still there there is a change or we are still in this bubble of okay let's make the app let's make something digital what's your observation in these past years I definitely see um, an evolution. Um, I do see an evolution, maybe to quickly tick that off, because that's relatively easy in terms of technology and advancement, right? And, uh, you know, nowadays we're talking about the fourth era, um, where we're talking about deep tech solutions. Um, so it's not, you know, the first era was, you know, providing access to the internet, then, um, you know, providing internet solutions, etc. So that's, I think, easy to describe that we're really getting ahead. And we don't even know where we're going to go with quantum computing, where people say, well, the blockchain is maybe not that secure anymore, but the quantum blockchain will be, you know, the one who will help the blockchain really become secure. So there's a huge development and that 
pace is actually exponential and really increasing. But I think back also to the purpose of the talk, I think the really intriguing and interesting thing is in terms of society, be it consumption or being builded businesses, I think individuals are um, more and more searching for true impact, for being genuine, for um, leaving uh, certain important legacies behind. And we can see that when people come and join companies and startups. And once again, you know, we encourage our startups to say, well, you should really showcase what is the impact that you're making on society, because that will help you recruit people who believe in your mission and come and work and maybe work crazy hours and maybe accept the pay cut the first two or three years until you, you know, financially established. Um, and we can see that also with entrepreneurs. And I can um, actually share a little bit at the very beginning, and very few people know that when we built WHUB, um, we started with a problem statement that really related to talent, to professionals who wanted to make an impact um, and maybe in larger corporations didn't have the opportunity due to their job description. Um, in the financial sector, a lot of people actually um, were let go, right? So they had yeah. to find a different way. So from that talent side, we felt that genuine passion on, on contributing um, to society, to um, companies in a different, more meaningful, more genuine, more impactful way. And then we had friends that were um, entrepreneurs, startup entrepreneurs, and they were desperately looking for talent. So that's actually how the whole problem statement of matching startups with talent came into place. And from there, we became so passionate with the innovation and technology piece um, that we centered the startup in all our activity system and then started on promoting startups, giving them visibility and still helping them to recruit. And hence, we still help, you know, talent looking for genuine impact, That's you know, solve that problem. So it, it's very common and we are seeing this change also in larger corporations. So not only on on startup, we are seeing that a lot of larger corporations are absorbing or are acting as startups by decentralizing power or the, by breaking into smaller business units that work more independently as startups. Because what you were saying, like being agile, being uh, high performing and, and being able not to be bound by uh, big corporate chains is it's becoming an asset exactly and i think one of the things that's interesting because that i said even you know in the way how people consume i mean we're also moving up you know the maslow pyramid i mean arguably nothing really new right um where experiences are way more important um to the consumption element than for example ownership right and we all know these examples of you know you rather hop um on on a tesla ride um with the uber where you can connect your spotify and you don't have to bother about buying a car owning a car insuring a Absolutely. car parking a car and all and you know taking care of the maintenance and it's it, it really resonates and I think also the way people consume their their jobs and the impact they want to create it's it's really along these lines and I'm always thinking about imagine in a company instead of um, building a project team based on skills you just throw people out look this is the problem we want to solve who feels passionate about it and if you really feel passionate about it any skills you need to find the solution you will acquire them and here it goes even further in that complex and volatile and uncertain world the skills that were relevant to solve that problem in the past are maybe not skills relevant anymore in the future because True. we don't know how the problem, uh, the, sol the solution to the problem will need to look like. <laughs> That's amazing. So you talk with a lot of um, entrepreneurs or, or startup owners or founders. Do they get lost sometimes or they get fixated on their own ideas too much? 
totally that's part of the game <laughs> so i mean part of that game is uh, and i'm a huge fan of of rapid prototyping and um you know gary you referred to gary he's probably going to laugh because it, it, the, the team knows that i'm a huge fan of tom chi um who is for me one of the uh, super specialists on rapid prototyping who was involved mm. with building google glasses um you know it's, it's it's really more about the speed in which you try certain solutions that will help you get to um you know a solution that is uh viable and that um, really um, fits uh, customers' demands and that are people ready to pay for, right? Um, so it's 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 being lost is a little bit part of that game. And um, you know, typically you make in in truly startup methodology what we call a leaf of faith assumption, right? Okay. And then you test it and you try it, and you do not try to be um, too much in love with that first prototype or solution because it's maybe totally wrong and totally biased by your own background. So being lost, um, and I think, uh, again, not fearing to be lost, not fearing to fail, not fearing to test things that may not work is actually one of the success elements for for building a, a successful startup. Now, the other thing about, um, yes, you should be learning, right? And um, you should also accept learning. So a certainness, um, I mean, if you're too stubborn, um, that is obviously um, a problem um, in any case as well. So we have this saying inside the team where we say, listen to everybody, but make up your own mind <laughs> and try to find the way when it's better, um, you know, to follow some of the advice. And sometimes you just have to ignore it and be um, not fearful and just courageous enough. I I talk about this in, in Business Beyond Design. Um, and I, I talk about what is called the uh the beauty of sustainable failure no and and it's related to the topic that we are going to talk today because it's another japanese philosophy which is called uh, kintsugi which is the art of golden joinery so mm. and and the philosophy of this japanese art i would say is that brokerage is it's part of the process it's part of the journey and so the the broken piece becomes uh, joined with gold uh, lac. So I don't know if you ever saw it. Ah, These I plates think, yes. that are joined with gold um, yes. lac. And, and so the brokerage becomes a beautification of the product. Mm, so yes, I, yeah. And I still feel that a lot of companies, they don't accept this. Like they, they say, you know, failure is, is just something we have to hide instead of saying hey we tried this we failed but look we came up with this new idea and so the idea of what you were talking about of sustainable failure exactly so you know you need to fail often and fail quickly before it's too uh, hard to fail or to economically unviable to fail. Absolutely. I mean, we also engage a lot with corporates who would like to connect to the ecosystem and we help them, um, you know, um, draft programs of open innovation. And I think for them to better understand is in, instead of calling it um, failure, I just call it learning, right? And of I course. always let them try um, to see that the huge difference between large corporations where failure 
is is really detrimental in some context, right? I mean, if I'm the CFO, I cannot stand in front of the New York Stock Exchange that, well, I made a mistake in the annual report, but don't worry. I learned so much, you know, next time I got to do better. It is a disaster, right? And I think that's the whole difference of small structures. So big, large corporations, they have found their product market fit. So now it's just about simplifying, standardizing and repeating it without failure because they've found, you know, something that works. For startups, they're looking for a product market fit. They have yeah. no clue what's going to work, right? So it's not arguably failure. I mean, we're not kind of like strange people who just love to, you know, get beaten down. Um, it's learning, right? And if you start, I think, associating market feedback with learning and with something positive because in that environment zero feedback is worse than negative of course, feedback of course and in your opinion what's the difference between an idea and a purpose because i see and and i can say when i was working in in consultancy mainly in branding and design uh, when i came here in asia I had a lot of companies with a lot of ideas, but very few with purpose. Because when I was consulting, I was telling them, asking them, especially when uh, I would say that branding was kind of my go-to activity. So I was known to do that, pure branding, the Italian design, which I, I don't believe in, but that's... I love part... some of the Italian designs. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have I tons of LSU only... products at home. <laughs> <laughs> I actually believe that there is only two kinds of design: is good or bad. And uh, but it was really funny if I can share a story with you. Um, so, especially in Asia, they came to me and I was like, "Oh, Italian design." I said, "Okay, we start from the Romans and we go all the way to the modernism, futurism. Which one you want? Is two thousand years so." <laughs> of design what is italian design to you now because you know the baroque was one thing and and the hypermodernist is another but it's still italian design so that was funny but especially when i started doing branding consultancy and and for every company that starts and that gets a designer or or a, or a consultancy to to develop their brand the first question that i always ask is where do you see yourself in 10 years because this is, uh, I, I also share with my students always this small example. And I said, if you are passionate about baking goods and you say, I'm really good at doing cookies and you want to call your, your company a cookie magic, but at one point you decide that the market really likes cupcakes, that's a huge branding mistake because you, you know, you, you lock yourself into the cookie sector and so people would not recognize you as uh the good cupcake guy or girl and and you're just if he's cookie magic is only be gonna be cookies and not necessarily you know now this is the startup uh, approach what the market wants or needs so absolutely I love to take on that example, actually. Sure. For, for me, an idea um, is the beginning of a solution, right? And it could be, you know, one specific idea could be one solution that fits very well a problem. For me, passion and purpose is really relating to a problem statement. And that's, you know, what we always, um, you know, put forward when it goes about startups and even pitching your startup. You start with the problem statement, right? You are obsessed about solving the problem that people love to eat sugar for dessert. 
And from there you say, well, I love cookies. I'm good at cooking cookies and baking cookies. So why don't I start off with cookies and see if people like it? Throw it on the market. Nobody buys it. Okay, well, still people love to have sugar as dessert, but not cookies. Well, then let me try another idea, which is cupcakes. Throw that out. If that works, well, then here you go. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you kind of answer this <laughs> saying that the difference between an idea and purpose is an idea is more if we want to link back to simon Sinek, is is the idea is the how exactly and the purpose what is the you why. do exactly and the purpose is really the mm. why yes and i was saying to you um as we were uh, um introducing the the idea of this exercise that i truly love simon Sinek talk but in a way, I and this is my educator side, because a lot of my students came and was like, oh, I found my why, except <laughs> I was like, how? Or actually the opposite, they were asking me, like, how do you, do you find your why? And so I, I would love if we can take a break and uh, get our audience to pause the podcast, go on the website, glc.live, um, download the worksheet, and we're going to do a small exercise with Karina about funding purpose. This interlude is sponsored by glc.live. Please visit glc.live. That's glc.live. L I V E or Golf Lima Charlie Lima India Victor Eco or Good Lies Can Live in Valleys Everywhere. Oh, and one more thing don't forget to download the worksheets for this episode. Bye. Okay, so we're back. Hopefully, we have our audience has the the worksheet. So you were telling me something about it, though. I want to yes. know. Yes. <laughs> well, I have this theory. I always say um, it's not you to find your why; it's your why that finds you. <laughs> and I always love to to add on that. You know, finding your passion, finding your purpose, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse because okay. you just cannot let go of it. <laughs> So I, I I will tell you that I have a different take uh, because um, one of the things that that I I often discuss with um, with my students or with the people that I work with um, a lot of mm, several times it happens that they will say uh, you know I need to find my purpose I need to find my passion um, I'm waiting to see what my passion is I'm not sure I want to go in this direction or this other direction because I don't know if I'm passionate about it and this is where especially with younger generation and students this is where I I disagree with them and I think there is a lot of messaging now with oh you shouldn't do you shouldn't work for a corporation because you need to find whatever is is your true passion and and not always this is a good advice and I and I don't think like you said in a way we are on the same page mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily find your passion the 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 goal of life is I don't think is you know Oh, I'm waiting and something 
just magical ha- will magic happen. <laughs> will happen. It's more building your passion. I talk about building mm-hmm. your skill set, building and and finding what your passion is about by doing it, not Absolutely. only waiting. Because I I feel there is this idea of oh I need to find somewhere I'm I'm walking on, uh, on in a park and then suddenly something hits my head and oh there you go I'm gonna be a gardener. And and I don't think it works this <laughs> that way. Totally agree. Because I mean, I I can speak for myself. I'm truly, truly passionate about education, and I discovered this when I was in my late thirties because it just happened. I thought, you know, twenty, fifteen years ago, if you told me you are going to be a professor in university, I would say that you were mad or drunk, but. I am truly passionate about it, but I found my passion because I started doing it a lot. I started public speaking a lot, which I was terrified. And 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 this is how I discovered the passion. I fully agree. And I really want to reinforce entrepreneurship. It's all about doing, um, yeah, absolutely. for sure. And it's interesting with the skill set. I think one of the um, things for all young people that are listening, um, of course, you can all, you know, come to WHUB and find a job in a startup or build a startup. <laughs> but again, as you said, skills are important. I think we're going to talk about that later. I used to work 15 years for Procter & Gamble. And, um, you know, the skills come into play is when you start building solutions, right? Then skills can help you. Um, maybe you need to build solutions where you don't have the skills. It's actually what happened to us when we build our sister company, which is an investment platform, you know, called Angel Hub. A lot of things that we had to acquire or um, start from scratch. But the passion and purpose part, yeah. And I think we're we're getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little trick. I'm not sure if I should say it now or, or later. Tell me. Um, my best advice that I always give to um, really try to do things and to keep on going until you can define your purpose and passion is get a co-founder. I would have never done it without my co-founder, Karen. Absolutely. Um, so that really helps a lot. And also finding a co-founder or, or a partner that fills your... Um, your gaps no? yeah. because um, I think I share with a lot of my um, friends that I think I'm a pretty good marketer, meaning that I can speak um, to a wide range of people. And I also can speak in front of an audience that doesn't bother me at all. Actually, I enjoy it, but I'm a terrible salesman. <laughs> so, which is weird, but, but it's true. Like I, I can speak about something uh, extensively, uh, to 100 people but then when it comes to the one-to-one and trying to close the deal i'm not that money driven <laughs> so i'm like you don't like my design um okay i'm i'm gone <laughs> this is why i had for many years I, I had amazing account managers that were closing the deal and i was just painting the beautiful picture <laughs> great so if we can uh, use maybe WAB as the mm-hmm. an, as an example, this is a small exercise that um, it was part of my research when I wrote the book, and is also another Japanese uh, philosophy. I would say that is called uh, uh, ikigai, which means which translates in the reason for being. So, um, if I hope this could become one of your tools, or if you can use it, or uh, with uh, when you have somebody that needs to find this um, concept of finding purpose. I do have a slightly um, modified version, (laughs) meaning that I will try to give um, the audience a little bit more of practical advice, 
and and with you karina maybe you can pitch in and give your take on this uh, small exercise as well so uh, because we are trying to discuss about purpose we can say that we can compose this in four different areas now the, f- the four different areas are um let's say the passion project so love is one area the second part is value meaning what value do you bring and then and we're gonna go back and do one-to-one um the skills so the, the practicality and then also the demand uh, so what's what's out there or what what can you tap into um so we start this exercise um i'm a number guy so (laughs) (laughs) i usually when i when i do this with the people that i consult i'll try to say let's limit this to three to five uh topics or elements or or points just for uh, the first round to to make it uh, a simplification right so mm-hmm. we begin with the concept of love or better so this is hard because okay what are the things that you love mm-hmm. right uh, and and sometimes you know you just told me uh, you have three beautiful little girls <laughs> yes. and of course you love them absolutely but maybe that's not your passion in the sense of you know, working passion. <laughs> it's a lot of work and it's a lot of passion, but you know, that's that's a different kind. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're saying what you love is is also hard to find. So I, I try to put it in, in this uh, easy way, which is write down the three things that you spend the most money on, right? right. So take out your bank statement, your PayPal account, whatever you're doing now and, and look, no? and and see where are you actually what what would you do and whatever you were doing what you would would be willing to pay for right so let's say in your case probably startup was well it's interesting if i take it like um really in a broad way and i think it really describes also the um really personality of of w hub is if i look yes of course i spent most of my money on my kids. But I think if I try to translate it, I think um, making an impact, um, having, uh, making others happy, um, being a, a very social person um, that is trying to, um, yeah, help others get to happiness, I think is, is really something that, that I love to do. Um, with that, I think if I look into type of products or services, um, that I would buy and purchase, I think they're a little bit out of the common. So I think, again, trying to find the overriding theme is, I think I love to challenge the status quo. And I just recently went through personality type again. And I think it's it's <laughs> it's if I have too many boundaries and borders, and I, I love it because I can break them and I can just challenge and ask this why or why not. Um, so I think that that definitely. And then I think, um, yes, I would spend money on, you know, um, going to restaurants or parties or exactly. I, I love, I, I'm, as you can see, very extrovert. I mean, yeah. I, so I think there's um, challenging the status quo, making an impact, um, having genuine exchange, looking at, you know, the bright side of things and helping others be part exactly. of the bright side of things so is what I love. If we can look at this, probably if we use you as an example and you were trying to find your 
your passion and you were looking at your bank statement, you would see, oh, I spend a lot of money in restaurants and coffee because I go out with a lot of, of course, you need to do a little bit of thinking about like, okay, why do I spend so many items on coffee? And then you realize, I say, oh, wow, I actually go out for coffee a lot because I like to engage with people and I want to talk with people. So, you know, that, that might be number one. Mm -hmm. So one topic that you can write on your love part. The second one could be, um, I don't know, maybe you are passionate about uh, books. And so you start seeing that a significant part of your expenditure is on books or on courses or... Yeah, or like courses for my, for my kids, right? So again, like how can they develop? develop? How can... Or, or presents. I think when, when I go into a shop or I'm looking for birthday presents, I, I have a certain budget in mind, but I'm totally able to explode that budget if I find the perfect present exactly. <laughs> for that person. <laughs> no, so you can, you can see that. Now I'm trying to simplify what are these love parts. And then the last one you can, you can recall on saying, beside the leisure, which is something that you are... Um, I would spend money on going on um, ultra track just to yeah. prove myself it's okay I can run 60k <laughs> exactly but you see that and that's that's a that's an interesting signal and saying okay these are the things that I love so the next part now I would say the opposite right um, is the, the value or the things that you would be paid for so or I would say what are you credible about meaning that what is the things that you have done for three four five years that the the external part the the people would give you money for and when you say value i mean what is the value that you bring so for me for example could be i've been teaching for six years so People are willing or a corporation is willing to pay me to teach because that's what I've done. No, so that's that's an example of value. So what is the value that you bring that you can be uh, financially rewarded for? Right. I think to your list of, you know, three things, um, I think one is... Um, really uh, solving problems and being very analytical. So at Procter & Gamble, um, I'm mostly in the finance department. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm very creative. Um, and with that, you know, solving problems, I think I've always um, were recognized as one of the finance managers who went beyond just the pure books, but who <laughs> took the numbers to try to make sense of them and find creative solutions, not creative accounting, creative <laughs> solutions on, you know, how we can improve, um, you know, financial performance or what whatever we do. And I think the third thing is really, again, um, that outgoing, positive, seeing opportunities, connecting the dots and and presenting that. I think yeah. um, that um, envisioning and, and cheerleading and energizing um, the people that I work with, I think that is something what people told me um, I am I am good at and I, I definitely love to do that okay. as well. This is amazing. And the third part, which is on the left side, we also have our skills, right? And this yes. is what you were just saying. I was paid to be a financial person, but I also had the skill of looking into different things. And this, uh, what are the skills that you possess? What are the skills that you can 
develop even further. This is why I say that you have to develop your passion. These two parts, the value that you bring and the skills that you possess or the skills that you want to possess to do whatever, to also increase the value that you bring. Because you can say um, you need to learn about fintech because maybe that was not your field of expertise is something that you can because you have a financial background so you know how that works so you know finance you know money but you don't know the technology behind that so for example this is a development of a passion and you were super passionate about blockchain and this kind of activities that you were discussing about right absolutely absolutely and i think uh, from from the skill set also um within the team we look at you know hard skills and soft skills right so hard skills would be yeah i'm i'm good with numbers i love you know finance um uh, i was less well off with with technology so again my co-founder came into play right and that's where we um complemented each other very very well um and and, and then also on the soft skill side, right? So the interpersonal skills, right? Absolutely. Again, are you somebody who can see more opportunities, is more outgoing versus somebody who is able to hmm, maybe put a little bit of a cautious filter or, um, you know, is, is a little bit more introvert and, and again, has other um, um, qualities. Um, just as a side note, we anyway say in a startup, you need at least the three H. I don't know right. if you came across that. Okay. So you need a hipster, a hacker, and a hassler. So you definitely need to <laughs> cover amazing. these three type of different, you know, skill sets. So I definitely wasn't the hacker. I wasn't the tech person. Um, but that's one of the things, again, I was intrigued about and um, wanted to learn more. And in that context of nothing's impossible, um, even the most low tech person on earth like me would somehow get it um, was part of the So you journey. were the hacker or the hipster? So, um, or the hustler? De de definitely, I think, um, the hustler because I did um, not only finance at P&G, but also sales. Um, ah, so, okay. And a bit of hipster, I think, you know, Karen and me um, are both hipstery um, and she definitely covers the hacker and I did cover the hustler. Um, yes, and by now we have an amazing team and, uh, um, you know, including our amazing design team and Gary is part of it. Um, cover some of the skills that we don't possess <laughs> that's amazing and um, the last one is the demand mm -hmm. and this is the hard one and I, I love it you know because I always tell my um, startup uh, um, you know fellows or people who would like to um, build their own company um, it's great if you ha have identified a gap in the market but there also must be a market in the gap right so yeah. and that's what um, you know is is always important and also a way that because finding demand is is it's hard and most of the time you know uh, there are barriers of entry of course you can say okay i'm passionate i spend a lot of money on cars i'm a great driver i'm a great car designer i'm a great um uh, i don't know i've been working in as a mechanic so i get paid for it but then the problem is starting a car company is extremely expensive right? yeah. so this is a huge barrier of entry not saying that it is impossible but we can we can actually um you can transform that so finding the demand or what are the little demands uh i i tell my students most of the time when 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 they are trying to to find this demand or gaps i say okay if you had to swap place with anyone in the, in the world who would that be so if you could swap place with somebody for a week 
Would you like to be Elon Musk? Would you like to be, you know, a basketball player? Whoever, like try to list those three people because if you can identify yourself in, in understanding what they do, and and how they do it then this means that you are also interested in that area and you understand how they were feeling a demand of of a specific area or or they found their niche or and you can analyze and study them and say okay how did they do it and why did they do it and why they are still there for example so i think this this uh, analysis bring us to the final component of once you put these three areas together, the intersection, that's that's the center point, is what uh, your reason of being is. If you can get um, what would you pay for, and that's your love, if you can have understand what are your skill set or what are the skills that you want to develop and also what are the values that you bring and also if you can fulfill a demand that exists in that spot that's your reason to for being no absolutely and it's interesting if we bring it back to um w hub on the demand side because back in 2013 when we said you know um Karen used to work for JP Morgan. I used to work for, for Procter & Gamble. And we said, you know what? We're going to build a platform where we help startups recruit talent. In 2013, where nobody talked about startups, <laughs> where any talent would say, you know, I'd rather prefer to go to the established, um, you know, HSBCs and Swires, et cetera. People would think, well, are, are you sure there's a market for it? Are you sure anybody wants to do that? Um, and I think it comes back to um, also understanding if you are trying to respond to an existing demand and you just do it better, faster, um, you know, uh, more cost effective um, or with a nicer design, or are you trying to create demand? Um, so at the beginning, it was really um, just looking to have a better offer for people who were looking um, for a job and for startups to recruit. So startups could recruit on JobsDB, but they would come bottom of the list because they would not offer um, the best salaries. They would not have the best brand name. They cannot talk about career opportunities because they don't know if they exist in, in 12 months time. <laughs> so we said, you know, here you're a startup, you have so many perks you can provide, flexible work arrangement, impact, right, on yeah, society impact, yeah. with, with, with what you're building, et cetera. And, and that's really how we started to improve um, the solution for an existing demand. But the market was super, super small. And we couldn't even imagine that, you know, six, seven years fast forward, um, we created somehow demand for companies who want to get visibility also connect to, um, you know, corporates for co-innovation, um, to acceleration programs, to investors, you know, again, through the, through the sister company, Angel Hub. So, so that's where we kind of like went through it. And, and it comes back to the first statement, just, just do and learn and see if you're passionate, um, because then you may start creating demand or, you know, demand might shift and you have a market. <laughs> Great. So if we can, um wrap up in in three what are the three uh key points that we discussed um so first of all i would say you said problem statement whatever you do you need to find if you want to find purpose you need to try to understand what problem totally What's the fall problem? in love with the problem statement that's always true don't fall in love with the solution because that might need to evolve 
that's amazing. I have an exact quote <laughs> in the book, exactly. Really? Saying, I didn't yes, read the book I, yet. <laughs> I, say, I swear God, I, I always say you should fall in love with the process, not the problem, but the process yeah. and not the outcome. Right. Because the process, especially for designers, it's the process that is interesting and the outcome not necessarily is is the final goal. Yeah. Number two, what can we say? about the 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 discussion is also i would say you have to build purpose you don't have to find purpose yes it's this do just go out and do and don't be afraid to well fail let's call it learning again it's, it's more learning. positive and i think people feel a little bit more encouraged to go out and do things because you tell them that you learn okay Those you learn skills and you learn, learn. And, and meet you're gonna meet your passion again actually we got really i always say contaminated by that pure passion of startup founders to you know build a solution and scale their business and, and that's really how we said okay we're gonna do something about it and I would say the third one is what you said: finding a partner, no? find a fi or fi find yes. your 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 half, your missing half. No, find a partner and find somebody that complements you. Absolutely, it can be a co-founder, it can be an advisor, um, a mentor, um, and I think that the thing is with um, you know finding somebody, finding somebody who can go through that journey with you has. Um, Two advantages. So one we talked about, complementing your skill set, right? And if you're a team of two, um, it's great that you can cover most of the skills within that team of two, right? Um, which is always a little bit why people say don't um, run a business with your friend, um, because very often the problem with friends is you're too similar, right? Mm. Um, so Karen and I were um, super good friends and were very complimentary. So there's some things um, kind of like, you know, trying to make the impossible possible where we really are jointly, you know, in it. But then we have very complementary background and skill sets, right? So that's the one thing. The other thing is just in terms for your mental sanity, because entrepreneurship is a tough ride. Um, and there are always moments yeah. where you feel down or your partner feel down. And if you can, you know, jointly, you know, go through these deep, deep, deeps that are maybe a bit deeper than in other contexts, context, yeah. um, it's, it's fantastic. And you also have somebody to celebrate the highs with. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, Thank you so much, Karen. Uh, this was uh, truly fantastic. Um, I hope you enjoyed the, the small totally. exercise and it would be uh, helpful for you. And, and thank you so much for uh, giving us your time, which we know is super precious. And um, we are looking forward. If we want to find you, where can we find you? Um, so first of all, I encourage to um, have a look at the entire amazing startup ecosystem on, you know, wapp.io, where you can see tons of, I mean, over 3000 startups and impressive teams and solutions. Um, and then personally, um, you can always reach out um, through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm Karina Bellin. Um, or, um, yeah, shoot me, shoot me an email at Karina at wapp.io. <laughs> Thank you so much, Karina. Thank you. And uh, the final statement is you need to build your purpose and not find your purpose. Uh, GLC Live is produced by Gary Moran. Special thanks to Karina Belling from WAP. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and comment on our podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.